The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Shazam! Hey everyone, Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we are, a new week, a new episode. This week, Race to Canis from the Who Would Win podcast has the temerity to come on and do Kevin Israel and my favorite cartoon of all time, Transformers, but the 2007 live-action Michael Bay one. Does Ray have the goods to take down Boys of the 80s' favorite cartoon heroes film? We'll see. In the meantime... Gutting the Sacred Cow, check out our website. We've got a brand new layout. It's really cool. And, of course, you can buy T-shirts like this one. That's right. Real cool Gutting the Sacred Cow T-shirts, hats, bags, mugs, cups, cell phone covers even, too. Gutting the Sacred Cow every day. Don't forget that as well. Articles, blogs, Monday through Friday, list of 10. Lastly, if you have not yet done so, please, a five-star rating, a two-sentence review on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Actually, a bonus one. And if you want to advertise with us, do a, do a promotion with us, email us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We would love to help build your business or brand up. And without further any further ado, here's Race to Canis doing 2007's Transformers. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Did you have it? I'm sorry, John. I don't remember. Kevin Israel, name that film. I have no idea. My wife just yelled it from the goddamn living room, Kevin Israel. Shame on you. Ray, would you happen to know that film? Uh, I've got it. I, I don't want it. What was the quote again? Did you have it? I'm sorry, John. I don't remember. It sounds like a uh, diehard quote, but uh, that's as far as I got. <laughs> 
Wrong. It is Rounders, 1998. Oh my God, I haven't seen that movie in 20 years. Well, that's Good your movie. loss because that film is a fucking classic, and I will not stand anyone trying to slander that great film. Kevin well, I don't think anybody was slandering it. I think I just no. said I didn't see it. You're very defensive, Kevin. Today, I'm very, I'm cranky. I'm very tired. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel. How are you guys today? I hope you're enjoying us. I hope you're enjoying Gino Bisconti doing uncut gems. I know we got Gino out of his shell for an episode, and he got a little bit, a little bit riled up. So we say. Speaking but, of low energy, Gino was really uh, he was on, he was a downer that night, huh? Yeah, listen, he only had five <laughs> lines of cocaine. <laughs> Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, and we are joined today by a man I just recently became friendly with because none other than James Gazzy, who did the episode "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," kind enough to invite me on his show. Who would win? Everyone, give it up for Ray. Oh, should I should ask how to pronounce it. I say, is it Stecanus? It is Stacanus. You got it 100% correct. <coughs> Ray Stacanus joins us from Who Would Win. Ray, how are you today, sir? Every day is a gift, and I am proud to be sharing this gift with all of you. Sounds like you just got out of rehab. Uh, no, I or just refuse to go. <laughs> Ray has decided to choose a film that is going to anger a lot of people our age, Kevin Israel, the 2007 mega-hits Transformers, a budget in 2007 of $147 million, bringing a haul only domestically $709.7 million. Now, turn that into $2020, $187 million budget, $900 million flat. Worldwide, it did. Oh, well, worldwide, it did, I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it did fuck you money. IMDB, as we know, Kevin is real, but I will explain for Ray, is, of course, a score from 1 to 10 with decimal points, and I will allow our guests to go first and guess what did Transformers get on IMDB? I would go ahead and put my guess. Uh, people have no taste, so potentially a 6.7. Kevin Israel. Yeah, I was going to say uh, 6.1. 7 flat. Wow. 7 flat. There it is. Rotten Tomatoes is a, is a percentage score, 1 through 100. Kevin Israel, critics, Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, critics, I'm going to go 5-8. Ray? Oh, I think it's way under that. I would go maybe 32. Kevin Israel, you have won both showcases. 58 on the nose! Wow! <laughs> audience score, Ray, what did the audience uh, here, here's where the dummies chime in. I'm going to say probably about an 80. Kevin? I don't think it's going to be that high. I'm going to say 72. 85. Flip, wow. the, wow. flip the critics score and the audience score around, and that's what you have. Quotes, transform, and roll out. Guys, if you didn't get a boner in that theater, you have no soul. <laughs> and another one that also was tumescent for me. You failed me yet again, Starscream. Kevin Israel quotes. Bumblebee, stop lubricating the man. <laughs> and, uh, and the first time they said, I think there's more that meets the eye with you. Oh. And how many times did they bring that one home? Three. Oh, Four, and, uh, three. And, and, and for honor, honorable mention, I think we blew a Transformer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a notable quote uh, where they actually put it on record, bros before hoes, man. And that is, you know, wow, that's just putting it right where they want it to be. 
Michael Bay, modern day William Shakespeare. You did not know that? Shame on you. This movie is not scared of what it was. <laughs> no, it went right in and didn't give a... It punches fuck. you in the face and just keeps punching you. Like the old Rock'em Sock'em robots. <laughs> Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Megatron in the 1984 cartoon that we all know and love was a Walther P-38 pistol, but the writers felt like it was, quote, having Darth Vader transform into his own lightsaber and someone else swinging him around. So he was given a more realistic alien design and made more hideous to make him seem more menacing and became a jet. I didn't like that decision, by the way. I fucking hated that decision. <laughs> and, and the scene where Starscream and Megatron first encounter each other, it's, I mean, this goes kind of across the board with all of them, but it's hard to tell who's who. Yep. They both well, have, like, monstrous faces, and they, they well, I'm, I'll get into it with my notes. Anyway, continue. Number two, producer Don Murphy originally wanted the film to feature seven Autobots, Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Ironhide, Jazz, Ratchet, Prowl, and Wheeljack. Sounds like a nice lineup, doesn't it, guys? Against. Against eight Decepticons, Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave, Ravage, Laserbeak, Rumble, Skywarp, and Shockwave. Again, uh, that's a 1927 Yankees murderer's row right there. Perfect. Only mm-hmm. seven of those Transformers, five Autobots and two Decepticons, made it into the film. But Soundwave and Ravage made it into the second film. And Laserbeak and Wheeljack, renamed Q, made it into the third film. I'm. I'll always be disappointed that Rumble didn't make. I thought always thought Rumble was one of the most entertaining, especially for the cassette. first. We crack the shell, <laughs> then we crack the nuts inside. <laughs> My brother is going to be listening to this and screaming the entire way along. So here we go. <laughs> and Blaster too. Come on, a white guy rapping as a radio. Stop. <laughs> You had me at hello. Veteran voice actor Frank Welker, who voiced the Septicon leader Megatron, among other characters, in Transformers 1984, was approached to reprise the role, but had to turn it down due to conflicts with other projects. Michael Bay also felt his voice was too light for Megatron's new beastly look, and so Hugo Weaving took the role of Megatron. I hated this decision. I, mm-hmm. I, I hate every decision they made with Megatron. And, and I would say, you know, that might be the official story uh, that, oh, I had conflicts. No, no, no. Uh, they said, uh, to my understanding, on the record, uh, we don't. We think Frank Welker sounds too old to play the role of Megatron here. And I will take Frank Welker on a ventilator at the age of <laughs> 107 playing the role of Megatron over anybody else in the world. So I, I appreciate that Frank tried to be like, oh, I had other stuff to do. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Michael Bay screwed you, and, and I'm still angry about it. Frank, you were not doing some bullshit Comic-Con in Omaha, Nebraska. You got the fucking hose is what you got. To me, to me, what they did with Megatron was tantamount to casting Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Mm, that's mm, an analogy. Strong, strong. (laughs) Number four, Griffith Observatory is a private area, and its authorities were initially reluctant to allow shooting to go on with the film. However, the filmmakers were able to get permission, though through its officials, Leonard Nimoy and Susan Bay Nimoy, Nimoy's wife, to whom Michael Bay is related. 
to shoot the Autobots' arrival to Earth and their council. Nimoy had voiced Megatron's successor, Galvatron, mm-hmm. in Transformers, a cartoon film, which made a 10-year-old Kevin cry his fucking eyes out. Yeah. And also to voice Optimus Prime's predecessor, Sentinel Prime, in Transformers Dark of the Moon. An egregious piece of shit. <laughs> number five. Can and, I add and, one thing before you go to number five, Kevin? Because another sure fun can. fact I can add. In the animated movie, uh, Transformers, you know, the good one. Uh, Leonard Nimoy the did great not just, one. Thank you. The only one. He did not just play Galvatron because Orson Welles died before he finished recording all of his lines as Unicron. Right. So mm. what they actually did was Leonard Nimoy recorded whatever they needed to pick up. And then they slowed it down a whole lot to help mimic the idea of Orson Welles in there. So technically speaking, and I don't know if it was credited or not, but he played two roles in that movie. He's a G. Um, I want to take a guess. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give each a guess. Who auditioned for the role of Michaela, played by, of course, Megan Fox? Two, I'll give you a hint. Both. One is an A. Uh, I would say borderline A-lister. The other one is a B-lister. At the time, not really hitting their strides yet, but one certainly has. Uh, two guesses for well, one one guess per person. Ray, start off. Who auditioned for the role of Michaela? Off the top of my head, I would guess Jessica Alba. That would be one of my that'd be one of my guesses. Sorry, she's too busy making coconut milk. Kevin Israel, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't. Um, know. I can't even throw one out. Amanda Seyfried and Emma Stone. Mm. I was, you know what, I and I, I blanked on Emma Stone's name because I know how much you love her, uh, <laughs> and that's actually who I was thinking of. But I couldn't remember if she was would have been in the right age range at that point. She was probably pretty young at that point. Yeah, this was the first great choice Michael Bay made was putting Megan Fox in this film, and Lorenzo Di Bonaventura intended for. Ready for this. Liam Neeson to voice Optimus Prime. However, Michael Bay heard Peter Ugh. Cullen's audition and was impressed and cast Cullen as Optimus Prime, the original fucking voice of Optimus Prime that we all fucking love. He was impressed by his audition. Suck my dick, Michael Bay. Suck my dick. <laughs> That's like making a movie about the Bible and having Jesus come into audition and be like, you know what? I think you got the part. We got. We'll get, no, no. We'll get back to you. We're gonna do a couple of more. We're just gonna see a few more people. We got Caviezel coming in in just a little. Yeah, we bit. got this guy from Passion. He's pretty <laughs> good. We loved him in Frequency. God, he put on a killer performance. Yeah, that's like so. That that's like going to to uh, Del Frisco's and going. This steak's pretty good. This steak's I know damn near perfect. But you know what? Let me come in here and show you what I can do. Fuck <laughs> you. And a bonus fun fact because I make this a point in my notes. Originally, the Matrix of Leadership was supposed to be the powerful artifact the Transformers were searching for, but the writers thought it sounded too similar to the Matrix in 2009 and renamed it the AllSpark, parentheses. The concept itself was a hybrid of the Matrix, the Energon cubes from the television series, and the cube-shaped artifact, the Underbase, from the 1980s comics. The Matrix would appear in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, with its purpose altered to being a key to activate the solar harvester machine. Fuck you. <laughs> I can't even tell you how much I hated that movie. Which, uh, listen, I can't believe this. And we're going to get into it, I know. I, it's almost unfathomable and almost lottery ticket kind of odds that each sequel managed to outsuck its predecessor. 
to the point where I, after seeing episode, was I forgot what the fourth one was called. That was one with the Dinobots. And I said, oh. he, he can't fuck up Dinobots. You the can't night. Something fuck Something about the night. No, no, that was the last one. You can't fuck up Dinobots. That's going to be great. Michael Bay gave us the goddamn Vin, D- Vin Diesel rape scene in Pulp Fiction by putting the Dinobots in it for a lusty 10 minutes. What the fuck are you doing? And I didn't see the last- Yeah, I think the name of that movie was actually Transformers, colon, you're still paying for this shit? I walked out of that theater and said, you actually are going to make me never pay another dollar to see another Transformers Michael Bay edition. And I didn't see last night in the theater. I waited until Netflix. And then I paid to see Bumblebee. And that sucked too. Bumblebee was worth it for the first 10 minutes. A hundred percent. And then the second time where they visit uh, in a flashback back to Cybertron, every guy our age was beating (laughs) off. I was in the theater from Bumblebee. When they had that flash open, Cybertron, I go, and I don't talk in movies because I hate it. I go, yeah! (laughs) Me and seven other dudes my age were like, yeah! This is what we were asking for! And we haven't gotten... Oh, and they, to, and they have to go to Earth in five fucking minutes to set up the goddamn Haley Steinfeld relationship. Fuck you. I will say <laughs> I will say that your statement about the fact that they each kept getting successively worse is amazing because the second one, the reason, part of the reason it sucked so bad was because this writer's strike was going on and they ended up having to like piecemeal this movie together because they had to make their date. And if you ever... there's the, Somewhere online is the actual screenplay of the original movie. And uh, if you ever, I, I mean, it's a long screenplay, but I actually did read the original screenplay for the sequel, and it's so much better. And I really wish they made that movie. It just makes so much more sense. Like, the, it's so much better. Anyway. Listen, we didn't come in here to listen to 43-year-old Kevin's piss and moan. 44-year-old fuck, enjoy that. About how Michael Bay came in and made some pretty awful choices in Transformers. So... That's why we had Ray to come on and gut Cut the, the sacred, sacred cow. Guys, uh, listen, I saw Transformers back in 2007 when it first came out. I got two free tickets to it, and thank God I did because other, I don't know how I keep myself clean uh, afterwards. I felt so strongly about this movie that I went home and spent the next two hours crafting a, a review to put online because, and I didn't always do that, but this thing really touched me in a way that I wasn't expecting to. Being a fan of cartoons, being a fan of animation, being especially a fan of 80s animation, being a fan of Transformers, being a fan of G.I. Joe and that whole extended Hasbro universe, I came into this movie with a lot of hope. I was really hoping that uh, previous Michael Bay installments, you know, The Rock, uh, Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds, I really thought that his Stop. entire body Gone in 60 work. Seconds is terrible. Don't you, don't you lump that in with Con Air and The Rock. I will not allow that. Oh, no. Excuse me. They're all fucking terrible, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping that his entire body of work leading up to Transformers would not, you know what they say, like past uh, evidence uh, does not predict future results. I was really hoping that, okay, he figured out how to make a good movie after making all this pile of shit. And then so Transformers came out. I go, look, it's a property you cannot go wrong with. You have giant robots. You have them fighting each other. You have them turning into cars and jets and, I don't know, boom boxes because that was still a thing in 2007. And there's no possible way you could fuck this up. And, and, and not only did he screw the pooch on this, he, he took it 
<laughs> he took it from behind with no lube is basically what I'm trying to say. This is this is uh, this doggy should be very, very sad. It should uh, uh, bite him and attack him uh, because he has ruined ruined all of our lives. Let's especially just call those the, of us of a certain age. Let's just call that the Detroit quarterback situation for the last 35 years. Well, you know, up to 2008, you know, coincidentally enough, Transformers. <laughs> Transformers comes out and suddenly the Lions get a quarterback worth having uh, two years later. So I like to say there was a little bit uh, going beyond that. You're trying to catch me with the Lions. I'm not here to talk about the Detroit Lions, <laughs> sir. That's enough pain for one day. This Transformers pain me enough. Look, we want to talk about why this movie was flat out garbage. Let's first off talk about the lack of Frank Welker in this movie. It was brought up in the previous point, but you have Frank Welker. He was willing to do the thing and you said he's too old to play the role. He is Megatron. I wouldn't be surprised if great genius uh, Hall of Fame voice actor Frank Welker could legitimately turn into a Walter P-38 in real life because he is that character. He embodies that character. But let's talk about the horrific plot of this movie because what it centers around is that uh, uh, great-great-grandfather of Shia LaBeouf, fantastic, great, great job, Shia. He looks confused the whole movie, but I think that's what Michael Bay asked him to do. It was his one note. Can you look more confused? Great, you nailed it, Shia. Let's keep on going. His great-great-grandfather was traveling in the Arctic Circle, and he found this AllSpark, and he found Megatron, and he made the greatest discovery that was soon taken over by United States government because the AllSpark has a little power that it can zap uh, any kind of a machine, any kind anywhere, and turn it into a killer robot. That in itself should be good. They put it in it with a cell phone, and they zap the little Nokia cell phone, and it runs around shooting lasers and rockets until they zap it. Fantastic. They keep Megatron on ice this entire time. My question is, if they know that this zap that they did to the Nokia phone works on the Nokia phone and any other Transformers, why don't they have a failsafe in place? They had over 65 years, according to this movie, to create that same failsafe for Megatron when inevitably global warming happens, and that place <laughs> gets too hot for him not to escape from. No. He, it gets a little, it gets a little toasty in there. Megatron escapes and all crap goes loose. That's fantastic. How about the fact? How about the fact that they get hacked on Air Force One? Now this apparently could have been done anywhere. The Transformers decided to hack Air Force One because they wanted a set piece. That's fine, Michael Bay. I understand. Nothing has to make sense. It's a Michael Bay film. But they hack into Air Force One, and and what ends up happening? They they don't know. The United States government does not know what is going on. Fantastic. Oh, we got hacked. We don't know. Bring in teenagers and show them all the government secrets. That's probably the first thing that John Voight, Secretary of Defense, who I assume is playing the same character he played in Anaconda. Uh, uh, I assume he survived that movie. And he ended up becoming Secretary of Defense. Uh, uh, John Voight comes on and he says, let's just bring in a bunch of teenagers and literally put them in the situation room and give them unfettered access to all of our computers for a few hours. That's probably a great idea. And what ends up happening from that? This Australian lady who was, come on, she was like 35. We're going to pretend like she's 17. Get out of here. She ends up stealing government data and taking it to goddamn Anthony Anderson's house. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't trust teenagers with sensitive data. You, Based on the things that we see in the world today, you can't trust adults who spent their life in government with, with this data. Dear freaking Lord. Okay, not only that, I haven't even brought up the fact that this is one of the most racist and sexist movies <laughs> That we've until the next one came out, we had the blatantly uh, sexist robots. Look, you talk about oh, what was so racist and sexist. First off, uh, Megan Fox being in there proves that it's a sexist movie to begin with. Look, I enjoy looking at Megan Fox. I think many men do. That's fine, but do we need her to be in a glamour shot with a camera focused on her midriff and butt? Ninety-five yes. percent of the time, yes. it's on camera. Yes. 
Andy? Uh -huh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The answer is look. The answer is yes. I, I, I was leading. I was leading that question. You guys hit it for me. The answer is yes. But that means you're making a sexist movie at that point. Not only that, every single time that Megan Fox and I had to go back and and, and rewatch some scenes. No matter where she's located, indoors, outdoors, uh, in a garage setting, her hair is blowing because they have a fan on her in every single scene that she's in in the entire freaking movie she's indoors she's at this government facility you look over she's standing next to Shia LaBeouf and what's happening <sighs> flowing hair like Nick Cage in in in, in uh, Con Air you son Absolutely. of a bitch I, I was gonna say did John Woo do cinematography for this film <laughs> no dubs that's how you know that. oh, this is in it too damn it the doves fuck you Ray. you're good good for you <laughs> So let's let's keep going because you guys are just going to cut me off because I've got you told me to bring X number of points I brought more than you even put as a max. Go for so it. Let's just keep on going. The, uh, let's see. We got Mega Fox. We got some of the dialogue in this movie. We're supposed to feel good. We're supposed. Oh, I didn't even talk about the races before we get there. Let's talk about the races because we're racist about just about anybody we come across. We have one uh, Jazz as the Autobot, who's a nominally an African American inspired Transformer. So what happens in the first scene? He's shucking and jiving and doing breakdancing moves like he's Michael Jackson doing the windmill in 1985. Absolutely unacceptable, uh, especially in 2007. More unacceptable when I watched it the year 2020 uh, uh get woke go broke no well maybe not maybe in this case he didn't go woke and he got paid i don't know what the uh, counter argument to this is but i did not enjoy seeing that at all and then to find out that he went further he said that's actually not racist enough and in the future movies he just decided to go full uh, uh flat out for it uh, not just that we, we have the racism against people in the middle east and and, and and our military he hates everybody the people in the middle east our military which is completely incompetent i'll do that one next the people they go to the Middle East, they find in the middle of a desert where there is absolutely nothing to be seen for miles. They find a, a burned out husk of a village. They got goats running around. Uh, and nobody, everybody's impressed by these Americans. They say, oh, oh, we're scared of you, but come into our village so you can destroy it. And he makes the centerpiece of a whole point of all of these Middle Eastern folks running away at the first sign of trouble, grabbing their goats and, and taking a hit for the hills. And quite frankly, I would have loved to see anybody. I mean, I, to be fair, Michael Bay, in your world in 2007, uh, uh, I, I assumed you were going to portray them as terrorists. Instead, you just portrayed them as cowards. And to me, somehow, that made it worse. That made it worse. Nobody willing to defend their hometown from this scorpion monster. You got to have... Scorpionok, the big, the big, the big transform of city. Let's, Remember him? That, that yeah, was him. Just, Call it fucking piece of shit. That's what we'll call it. Scorpion piece of shit comes into that town and absolutely destroys it as all of its inhabitants run away because they need the big, powerful, strong U.S. military to protect them. Problem. The U.S. military in this movie is goddamn incompetent. You thought the government officials bringing teenagers into the situation room were incompetent. These guys lose every single battle that they take part in the entire movie. And when they're not running away, they're losing. And that's a problem when you're trying to make propaganda like Michael Bay will make, because this is the same guy who made Pearl Harbor and Armageddon, which arguably tried to make our militaries look good. Here he said, what if the military is just garbage and incompetent the entire time? Opening scene of the movie, best scene of the movie, is when they're fighting the Transformer at the Army base. But what does anybody in the military do? They pull out their gun, they take two little pew-pew shots, and then everybody runs away. Everybody runs away as their base is destroyed. Nobody tries to get in one of those planes to fly. Nobody tries to get in. Look, I've seen enough G.I. Joe that when you jump, when you attack the base, everybody's supposed to jump into a vehicle and try to take out the big thing that's coming in. Here, no, not at all. And not just that. They show up and they just take over. They, they completely hey, take over the operation. One thing. Tyrese did have the wherewithal while facing down the cannon from an alien invader to take a picture of it. He did. He did, yeah. No, that was a that was a highlight of cinema. Uh, 
I really believed he was in real peril in that moment too. No, he really he really sold it like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters sold that peril. What I'm trying to say How is, dare you? Oh, he, he, I love Bill Murray. Ghostbusters, don't get me wrong. You. There's a right way to do it in a wrong way, Tyrese. You found the wrong way. God bless you, though. You, you made up for it with uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. So no, he didn't. That film. <laughs> we ain't hungry no more. Oh God. <laughs> So uh, not just the racism, not just the sexism, not just the hatred of the military that happens. Because even in the fuzzy, we talk about the bad plot. We talk about some of the bad dialogue. I'm supposed to enjoy Shia LaBeouf. I'm supposed to see him as the everyman. He's my ticket into this universe is to look at this guy who nobody likes, uh, who has exceptionally nerdy friends and interests. And, and, and he's got a he's got a, a air freshener hanging from his car that says Biatch with a picture of a B on it. And he's talking bros before hoes with his best friend. And I'm supposed to believe Megan Fox is suddenly going to fall head over heels for this incel who thinks Chad's <laughs> and Stacey's are a real goddamn fucking thing. Stop it. Stop it right now. I'm okay if you want to do uh, Megan Fox butt shots till the cows come home. I'm fine if you want to put an industrial-sized fan on her in every single location that she travels to. But to have one car ride conversation with a guy who's got a biatch air freshener, and for me to actually believe deep down that this not particularly unaverage-looking guy is going to win her over with his incel wit, I don't goddamn think so. But further on in the plot, further on in the plot, okay? Hey, hey, he's he probably coming on as a male feminist and trying to play that angle. He didn't, though. <laughs> Biatch is hanging from his freaking airbrush. Fair Stop. point. Stop. It came with the car. Yeah, that was that that was the work of Bernie Mac and his uh, and his cousin. That wasn't that wasn't Sheila Booth. Oh, that was more of the racism Mammy. I was talking about earlier. Mammy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, they had Bernie Mac saying "Mammy." Can we? That there's some yeah. serious undertoned racism that I don't think Michael Bay even picked up on. Oh. Oh, I don't even think it was undertoned. I think all of it was intended because Michael Bay does not give a shit. Michael Bay, he's counting his money, no time to worry about silly things like plot, dialogue, and characters. So uh, going further in the movie, let's just go a little bit forward in the timeline. We get to the part where uh, all the Transformers, who are what, 25-foot-tall giant hulking robots, and they're all hiding in Shia LaBeouf's backyard, and he's trying to prevent his dad from seeing out the window at him, and they're stumbling around like a bunch of drunks at 2.30 a.m. outside CBGB's back in the 80s. Stop it. What I'm trying to say is, do we think these characters are awesome, giant killer robots worthy of our attention, or is this a goddamn clown show? And the answer is a clown show, because we have them tripping over each other, they don't listen, they don't follow directions, they're destroying the entire lawn around them. And, and meanwhile, uh, Sheila Boussad, what is it, Danny Aiello? <laughs> Looking out the window, and he's just like, don't see anything. There are five 30-foot monsters in your backyard. Have some perception and awareness of the world around you. It's your yard. Maybe take more than one angle to look. You very clearly heard things going on that were not earthquakes. They were not earthquakes. You don't have to go to the bathtub. You should just probably just be calling the FBI. Advancing even further, though, Megatron escapes from the Hoover Dam, right? And so here's where we get the plot point, okay? The the heroes, uh, armed by the military, who have now taken over the entire operation. We've forgotten about the hackers at this point because, quite frankly, F them. Nobody cares. The heroes in the military and John Turturro, bright spot of the movie. John Turturro's performance is fantastic. Doesn't make any sense, but he was great. <laughs> 
they, they have the Allspark. They know all the Decepticons are coming to rain holy death upon them and everywhere else. They're in an isolated place at the Hoover Dam, and they're in the middle of a desert. So what do what does the brilliance of Michael Bay say we need? We can't just have a fight in the in the wilderness where nobody could get hurt, despite the fact that that is what we are surrounded by here in Nevada. No, there's a populated uh, a metropolitan area 22 miles from here. I think the wise choice is take the thing that killer robots are willing to destroy everything in their path to get, and let's go to the most densely populated area we could to ensure hundreds of thousands of innocent people are killed. To ensure that hundreds of thousands of people are killed. You could make your stand in a place that you could defend and no one would get hurt, but that doesn't sell tickets. <laughs> what sells tickets? Innocent death. So if I'm to believe, again, he hates the military. He hates people. He hates everyone. Michael Bay loves money and hates absolutely everyone else. The uh, last couple things I'll talk about, plot points. Uh, uh, the whole thing gets set into, into effect because there's a little what, microfiche thing put into these old-timey glasses that Sheila Booth's great-grandfather had. So he puts them on eBay. And immediately, because apparently every Transformer is completely hooked up to the World Wide Web of 2007 and all of the purchasing websites thereof, they immediately get queued in and then have to go through the internet to find it because they saw a picture of the glasses. Now, keep in mind, according to the plot itself, this uh, particular image was uh, embedded into the glasses too small for anyone to see without huge microscopic equipment. But I'm to believe a blurry picture on eBay of a JPEG is suddenly going to be good enough. I know how pixels work. That's not good enough for how anything works. So how anybody even used these glasses to find anybody was enraging to me. So you're not thing. a fan of Ladies Man 357, I guess. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, you know actually, what? Ladies Man 217, that's actually, as a bonus fun fact, Michael Bay's birthday, 217. Oh, I would wow. say I tried to make, I tried to purchase a, a canteen off of him, and he sniffed me. He didn't send it at all, so I'm still very angry about that. But the last thing I want to talk about, and the last thing that really just, you know, I'm already feeling kicked in the teeth. This movie, I actually had to pause it last night as I watched it, and God dang, I had to watch it a second time <laughs> from the first time I watched it uh, 13 years ago. I said we can't. We gotta be. We gotta be about done at this point. Like we've we've hit it. We've we've hit all the notes. We can probably one battle away from the end of this movie, right? I paused it. It was at an hour and eight minutes into the movie when I decided I was done and ready to take it home, as we would say in the world of professional wrestling. We were not even to the halfway point of the movie yet. No. We still had more to come than what had preceded it. And I felt very sad and reached for the bottle to help me get through it. Yes, this is not a movie that I feel should be watched sober under any circumstances whatsoever. But the part that really kicked me in the teeth, and we're in the final battle sequence, and we're in the part that I'm just begging, begging for the hurting to stop. I'm just telling my torturer, I'll tell you what you want to know. Just make this movie stop. God damn it. But no, we get the AllSpark start shooting in random directions. Hmm. Start shooting in random directions because Bumblebee turned it from a city of block size into the size of a basketball. How'd he do it? Fuck you. That's how he did it. <laughs> it starts shooting in all random directions, and this is where our great product placement comes in because they had to pay for the movie somehow. So what did we get? We got a... a, 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 a Besides the cell phone that we saw earlier, we got, listen, an Xbox 360, what a delight. That was just laying around the street, and we plugged it, and we got a goddamn Mountain Dew machine that <laughs> turned into a Transformer. And, and, and I remember being in theaters, seeing it for the first time, feeling beaten down by this movie, feeling my brain melting away as if I'm spending an eternity under a hot sun. 
like a uh, better call Saul through the desert this last season. My face. What a, great, is red. What, what a great episode that was too. It was a wonderful episode. Look, yeah. and I felt as chapped as he did after two hours of this movie. And when that mountain doom machine turned into a killer robot for no good reason and was never addressed again, I, in the theater, I audibly just out loud said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was already done. And that was the last kick in the groin that I needed to get me out the door. Guys, that's my 12-point plan on why I hated the Transformers Michael Bay film. Oh, fuck, I'm not recording. I'm just kidding. That was great. Well, don't uh, look now, Ray. There's an irate Mountain Dew machine right behind you. Well, I could use a drink. It's pretty hot in this uh, uh, California setting. Yeah, if it was a Code Red Mountain Dew machine, it would transform into an ICP fan. Um, well, in St. Composti, not just great, not just great entertainers, great wrestlers, and great movie makers. I think we could all agree on that. Sure, not really. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Israel, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll go first, and you can take Point Break first. Okay. Uh, um, so, first of all, Ray, kudos to you. You did a fantastic job breaking yes. this one down. Thank um, you. You hit many of my points, but I would like to take this. Uh, I'm attacking this in things Bay, Michael Bay loves. Michael Bay loves hot chicks. We know that for a fact, and he likes to put them on display as much as possible, uh, preferably glistening for no apparent reason and with blowing hair. Uh, Megan Fox is hot, and this was, this was and I don't think Goatee is going to disagree with me, this was at her peak. She was literally... I wrote down the word zenith in my notes. She was at the top of her pyramid right at that... I mean, literally, as she bent over that Camaro, time said, this is as hot as you're ever going to be. And I think when you look at her now, we can all agree that she's dropped precipitously. Um, And then, because she wasn't hot enough, he had to cast the hottest hacker in the history. There's... Nobody, there's not a single person who works in IT that is that attractive. It's, uh, she's obnoxiously hot. Like she, and she didn't even need to be hot. There was no reason for her. She wasn't a love interest. They, nobody ever even mentioned that she's hot. She was just ridiculously hot for no reason. It, it was, it, that was just Michael Bay going. There was probably like five girls and most of them were average looking. He's like, you know what? What about that hot one that advertised from... Oh, and by the way, Megan Fox's name in the movie was Michaela because Michael Bay watches porn. No, no the answer is this. And again, another fun fact that didn't make the cut. Michaela Barnes, Michael Bay. That's the oh, my God. So, th- so that's, that would be Michael Bay's porn name if he, uh, if he was a female porn star. If he wanted to go and switch roles, switch teams, you mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so Michael Bay loves hot shits. Michael Bay also loves, and I hate to disagree with you, Ray, Michael Bay loves military stuff, and I think that's how he refers to it. I want military stuff in this. What, what specifically? Everything. Put everything in it and just have it looking really cool. And, it, and you know what? Some of the shit did look very cool. The raptor, first of all, he was, he's like, what, what is that? It's a raptor. Put it in the movie. It doesn't really make any... Put, it's called a raptor. Put it in the movie. Trans, just put it in. Every, every, every military shot looked engaging and exciting, even though, Ray, you're right, they never did anything correctly. They never actually managed to pull anything off. But the scene where they said, um, 
was it bring the fire or call in the rain? No, bring the rain. Bring the rain, right yes. With, with the 105 shells, which I'm not really sure what that is, but it sounds incredibly impressive. That was awesome. When that plane dipped to the side and just started pounding the ground with whatever those shells were, my little 12 geek ex- head exploded because I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm going to take a guess that's a 105 millimeter shell. Yeah, most likely. And I, th- and I think they had Technical. some kind of explosive mechanism to them. Uh, he loves, he just loves military stuff. He loves the military. There's a scene in, in, uh, in um, Bad Boys 2 at the very end when uh, Mark, Marcus Burnett realizes that his sister has been kidnapped and he and Mark La- and Ma- Mike Lowry are, uh, are consoling each other. The door opens up and these nine badass dudes walk in. They go, apparently you don't know about us ex-Delta guys. It's like, what does that even mean? He just loves the military. He doesn't fucking, he doesn't know anything about the military. He just knows they're awesome and he's going to make them as awesome as possible. And this whole movie was every time, I think he just watched all these scenes get filmed. Like when they launched all those, uh, those jets, whatever those jets were, uh, F-15s or whatever they were, I think he was just jerking off the entire time going, this is it. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. Um, so yeah, Michael Bay loves military stuff. Michael Bay loves, and Ray hit this on the head, racism and stereotypes. I don't think Michael Bay has ever seen a stereotype and thought, I'm not going to put that in a movie. He's, he's literally covered every racist stereotype possibly. Latino people, they only speak Spanish. What, but what if everybody around them speaks English? Fuck it, they're Latino, they speak Spanish. Fat people, fat people eat donuts. All of the donuts. Why? Because they're fat. Shut up. Computer nerds live with their parents and their virgins because they're nerds and they're virgins. That's true, though. <laughs> Uh, Japanese people know the way of the samurai. They all do. Every single Japanese person, because that's what a Japanese person does. Middle Eastern people all work in call centers and are all annoying because Michael Bay once had a bad call with a call center and decided that's what all Middle Eastern people must be doing. He loves stereotypes and racism. And black people are all rappers. I think he just thinks all black people are rappers or dancers. Um, So, yeah, stereotypes. Uh, Michael Bay likes to make the point that the government is bad, and how is the you know government people are bad because they drive in black SUVs, wear dark suits, and they talk down to you. That's what the government is. The U.S. government, broken down by Michael Bay, dark SUVs, dark suits, sunglasses. That's all you need to know. Uh, and and Michael Bay has never understood comedy. He's never <laughs> Michael Bay doesn't have any grasp on the concept of comedy. He doesn't understand timing or placement or irony. And the funny thing is, so much of this is ironic. Accidentally, uh, he his the blown tra- which I, I said earlier, the blown transformer. I guarantee you, he's like that's hysterical. The audience is gonna cry when they say that. No, we didn't. Uh, can can I go. add to that really quick? Because there were a couple of lines in here that just I didn't get to in my original point. Please. Just go to your point about he doesn't understand comedy. Hey, Sheila Booth, what if your mom asks you if you were masturbating when you were doing something totally innocent? <laughs> that, that's a hilarious, awkward moment, isn't it? It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense in the moment or with these characters on any level. How about the little girl asking the Transformer, are you the Tooth Fairy? Are you oh, the that Tooth was- Fairy? 
That's that's <laughs> Thank magic. Thank you for pointing that out. That's a great yeah. That is absolutely goddamn magical. And you know, uh, and and yeah, and then more than me, you, there's more than meets the eye with you. Look, we've mentioned it before, but fuck off, fuck <laughs> off. You put that as, as a line three goddamn times in this movie. I don't mean to coerce co opt your point. No, please, I just thought that those please. needed reference. Please, I appreciate it. Um, and then I I'm sorry that you liked John Totoro's character. I hated John Totoro's <laughs> character. It was just so over the edge. And what really bothered me is they ha they had this guy from S Seven who was the serious. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was the he had the Southern accent. And he was the guy that appears and says, "I think you're going to want to hear what I have to say." He was like serious and I was like, "Oh shit, those are badasses." But then you see John Totoro, who's also S Seven, wearing S Seven underoos and being an idiot. And it's like, what is this agency? Who are they? And how did that guy hire this guy? How did he stay? Is he? Does he just? Is he? Does he have a pension that he's trying to earn or something like that? I hated John Turturro in this character in this movie because he embodied all the terrible comedy that Michael Bay was like. We, we need funny in this, and there was and every and almost every Transformers movie. There's this out of place, awkwardly over the top, stupid funny character that just doesn't work in the movie. I, I will disagree with you only in this. Uh, John Turturro, obviously considerably more talented than the role that he was given in this oh, movie. Sure. And oftentimes uh, when this happens, and one of my favorite examples of this is Jeremy Irons in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, uh, you saw know, that? Yes. I saw that in theaters, good sir. Are you kidding oh, me right now? My God. I left the basement to see that one. So uh, uh, what happens is you have a ridiculously over-the-top talented performer being given dog shit in a movie that, quite frankly, can be seen as dog shit. And that actor says, you know what? I'm, I don't give a shit. I'm going to overact my goddamn balls off, and I'm going to have fun every single day on this shoot because no one is going to tell me to tone it down at any point because they know as soon as they do, I'm going to turn and say, I'm goddamn John Turturro. Who are you? So and you're right trying now, to tell me what, what I, they I, did. I they, 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 they pulled from the Frank Langella Skeletor playbook. And Thank Tommy, you. And Same. And Tommy Lee Jones, Riddle, uh, sorry, Tommy Lee Jones, Two-Face playbook. Yes. It's the same book, and I appreciate it every time I see it. To me, it was a bright spot on a dark piece of history, that being the two hours, 23 minutes I was watching Transformers. Darkest time in American history, as far as I'm concerned. But John Turturro is a beaming, bright light of complete bullshit in a mound of bullshit, and I appreciated him for it. All right, I'm going to try to finish this up quick. I, I went Kevin Goatee on this one and just took so many notes, and I'm not even going to cover most of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but just a couple of things. Look, my, one of, my biggest problem with this movie, and it was my, biggest, my problem from the time I saw it, was they had to make the Transformers designed so they could actually transform into trucks. They did that. that would, they engineered that, so, and I, I give them a lot of credit. But what they ended up with was these things looked like metal spaghetti strapped together in a humanoid shape, battling with each other. The fight scenes made no sense. They were hard to yep. follow. You didn't yep. know what was a fist or a head or a foot. And that's why in the cartoon, they just looked like big blocks, and it made sense. Megatron was gray and purple. Uh, Optimus Prime was red and blue. You knew who was who. You got it. And they, and they did it better in Bumblebee in that, in that opening scene where you saw them. They actually looked more like those robots. And that was a huge, huge huge problem with this movie and the future movies just got worse um uh wiki is probably the worst character name since papadopoulos in the original in the 1990s godzilla 
Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's right next to Bernie Mac's Bobby Bolivia in this one. It just sounds like a pimp. That's insanity. Um, I'm really happy for Bobby Bolivia, though, because every uh, July 1st, he gets a check for just over a million dollars from the New York Mets. Hey, oh, <laughs> um, nice, nice, nice. And, and my, my other big problem with this movie, and I'm going to end on this one, even though I have so much more. I didn't give a single fuck about anything that was happening with the humans in this movie. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest problem. And actually, in my research, they said when they were writing it and they rewrote it, they specifically wanted to go from a human angle because they thought the audience was going to be able to relate more. Nobody goes to see a movie about ro transforming robots because they want to relate to it. They want to see cool shit. And they, I, I would say 80% of this movie was humans. Obnoxious humans. I hated Sam's family. I would rather spend five months with my family than two hours with Sam's family. His father was a piece of shit. His father drove him through a Porsche dealership and then said, nope, we're going to Bobby Bolivia to get you a piece of shit. That guy should have been kicked in the dick and set on fire. I admire anyway. that. I admire that. It's like, you can't. Listen, you're a 16 little shitbag. You think you're getting a fucking Porsche? No, it just, that's not life. That's not what happens. You need to earn it. There was no reason to do it. It wasn't, like he, it wasn't like he got in the car and was like, well, Dad, let's go get me that Porsche. He got I, in the car and was and clearly willing to get anything, and his dad drove to a Porsche dealership because he was an asshole. Anyway. I got to care. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but all of that said... And as much as I tore this movie apart, I saw this movie in the theater. And when Optimus Prime first transformed, oh. the entire, every man in the theater stood up and clapped. Yes. It was a really emotional moment. Yes. I stood up. I, I don't remember who I was dating at the time, but I heard her go, seriously? And, and I was yeah, like, we yeah. can break up right now because this is more important than anything that's going to come of this relationship. Uh, there were there were a few, there were some great moments in this in this movie. It was it was a mess. It, it's Michael Bay just jerking off Michael Bay, who's getting fucked by Michael Bay, who's sucking off Michael Bay. <laughs> it's a human centipede of Michael Bay. Um, but I still I still have a fondness for this movie. It, I haven't seen it in a while, all the way through. It, it didn't hold up as well as I wanted it to, mostly because society now is maybe overly sensitive to everything. Um, but I still, there was still something about it that like got to my heart, and I, you know, I, 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 I can't say that I hate it. I don't love it as much as I thought I was going to. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, and compared to the rest of the the trilogy or the rest of the series, like said, quintilogy. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Right. Uh, it's head and shoulders above it. Um, so for me, this movie will always be a six. Okay. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you too can get a cool shirt like Kevin Israel is wearing, a cool shirt like I'm holding up right now, hats, mugs, tote bags, you name it, guttingthesacredcow.com has it all, and then some. I feel like Ace Ventura is about to do the... And then just go out <laughs> rapid fire. Mm, don't like the cube. It's the fucking matrix of leadership. We all know they came from a spaceship from Cybertron and crashed into a mountain. Not the fucking bat signal. Uh, what happened to the Transformers sound effects? You know, the sound effect I have on my phone right now when someone texts me. Why could they use that transforming sound effect for the love of Christ? 
They used it once. I know they the did. the very beginning I know. the helicopter transformed. Yep. Its first part of its transformation made that noise, and then they never used it again. Thank you very much, and I was immediately angered. As I said before, this is Megan Fox at her zenith. Let's, uh, let's break this one down. I'm surprised you two didn't pick up on this one. Sheila Buff, he must give one hell of a blowjob. I don't to explain why. If he got his teacher to change his grade from a B- minus to an A- minus like that, how fast did he suck that dude off? <laughs> I've never had a teacher offer to give me a full-grade bump without offering him or her a bump. How do you go from a B- minus to an A- minus without sucking dick? That's the question I pose to all of you. Whatever happened to that hot Australian hacker? Did Margot Robbie have her killed off to get all the hot blonde Aussie roles out there? I've never seen her again. And what a shame. She's a smoke show. Smoking hot. Mm -hmm. Sheila Buff, again, making his buddy get out of the car so he can give Megan Fox a ride is a complete douchebag fucking move. And by the way, Camaros have back seats. uh, Unless it's a Vegas nine and a half and it's Megan Fox and Ali Ali Oxenfree, Kevin, get the fuck out of my car. I'm sorry. I am going to give Margot Robbie and Ellie Redzikowski a ride and I'm going to leave you by the side of Route 66. Sorry, pal. I'll call you. Don't worry. I'm going to climb a tree and hang from it for no reason. So. (laughs) The boom, the boom box on Air Force One that wasn't Soundwave. Bullshit. I wonder if you ever drop military jargon, like when Tyrese said, bring the rain, to someone who's actually in the military. Do you catch an assault rifle butt in your mouth? (laughs) Name me a film that you did not want to punch Anthony Anderson square in the mouth, except for me, myself, and Irene. Oh, that's the only one. Yep, yep, Mm -hmm. yep, you got it. You got it. Thank you. If you didn't get shivers up your fucking butthole when the Autobots landed, especially Optimus Prime, your heart is blacker than Wesley Snipes' penis. Wasn't it nostalgic to see those cars that Pontiac paid a shitload of money to feature for but haven't seen on the road since? Good investment, Pontiac. Isn't it also funny how people willingly gave up their phones 15 years ago to a complete stranger to make a phone call? You think someone's going to hand over their iPhone right now, especially when it's loaded with questionable selfies of genitalia? No, not happening. (laughs) No one, and I repeat, no one, takes an asparagus stinky piss on source material like Steven Spielberg. See Ready Player One and all Transformers films. Oof. Ray, you just took a big exhalation and yeah. leaned backward because you know I'm speaking fucking Bible truth. It's gospel. How the shit did they not make Megatron a gun? That was the coolest <laughs> transformation of everyone. Second was Shockwave. I don't fucking care. Aerial bots, Dinobots, you can fight over third and fourth. That was the coolest, and he's not a fucking gun. The final scene in the battle scene in the city drags, as a lot of final battles do in all of Michael Bay films. See Bad Boys 2. Kill the only black Transformer, Jazz. I bet the Social Justice Warriors have a fucking problem with that one. They didn't just kill him. They tore him in half. He rips him apart. Well, to be fair, who voiced him in the cartoon and cartoon film? Scatman Carruthers. That's right. That's right. Oh, shit. 
So he was black in the cartoon. I have no problem with that. I have a problem, though, in the sequel where there's, where it's pretty much a bunch of Jamaicans trying to, to mm-hmm. Bob Marley it up. And yeah. that, was, that, that and Jar Jar Banks are the two most egregious episodes we have in the Oof. last year. Oof. That being said, oh boy, this is enjoyable, yet yeah. insanely flawed. But I can't stand the insane disregard for source material. Sheila Buff plays a moron well. Is it acting? Probably not. But you know what? He did what he's supposed to do. He's that lefty who gets out the one lefty batter, the lefty reliever who gets out the one lefty batter. You did your job? Good. Now get the fuck out and go to the showers. John Turturro is hilarious. I disagree. I, John Turturro does great comedy. If you have not seen the film, I've said before to you, Kevin Israel, Brain Donors, amazing. Ray, give that a googs. This plays on a ton of nostalgia for me. I can separate it. My brother and I, this is our favorite cartoon in the fucking history of mankind. G.I. Joe, a close second, but this is numero uno. I like this film. I fucking hate every single one of those sequels more than I hate walking to a to- in a public toilet and finding single-ply toilet paper or someone's house who still has single-ply toilet paper. You cheap bastards. I've never come in your house again. <laughs> I give this film a six and a half. Does it pass the remote test? At times. Uh, Not in in now. If it comes on the cable in the next three to six months, will I watch it? No. In the next year if it's on? Sure. If I catch it where they all land on Earth, that is as good as porn to me because that makes me to mess it. And how do you not? Two films, no matter where I am and what the scene I always catch them are, will always get me a tear in my eye. Three films, excuse me. The end of Field of Dreams where he has a catch with his dad. The flowers dying in E.T. And then when he's come back to life, like a bitch. And actually four. Optimus Prime dying in the cartoon. Optimus <laughs> Prime arriving on Earth. Four scenes that'll guarantee make me desperate. <sighs> Gotta go. Gotta go. Oh, yeah. And number five in, uh, was it Toy Story when they all go away? When they get the toys mm. away. Mm. Six and a half. I like this film. I admit it is full of flaws. Kevin Israel, this just might be my independence day as it is for you. But this is, I like it. I see why people hate it. And I sure shit will not defend the sequels. The sequels do not qualify for our show. That being said, very good job, Ray. And when, my favorite thing is when the sequel came out, and, it, and I, I, I didn't go opening night. I let it go for a little bit and then came back to it. And I was reading, I talked to people of very mediocre film opinion, because I figured those are the best people to talk to about these kinds of movies. You don't want to talk to people uh, who do are too smart. You, want to, you only want to talk to people who are too dumb. And I talked to those people, and I said, well, how is the sequel to Transformers? And they, when they looked at me square in the eyes, and they said, it's not as good as the first one, I knew immediately <laughs> I never had to see another Transformers movie as life would live. And I would like to give a little uh, addendum to your earlier statement, Kevin. Yes. Uh, you asked what happened to the hot Australian actress. She is still with us. Her name is Rachel Taylor. And obviously you've not been watching the uh, Marvel comic book Netflix series because she plays Jessica Jones's hot best friend on yep. the Jessica Jones TV show. So that is where you could enjoy her uh, more currently uh, in that Marvel uh, Netflix universe. Her name is Trish Walker on that show, and she is a delight. And I just want to put it out there. If you want to know what happened to her, she found a home at Netflix. I'd like to also know, does she have anything on thefappening.com? That's what I really want to know. No, and and more importantly, she's not as hot as she was. Oh, 
Still looks good, though. Still she's looks good. She's, she's, she's still, still, still looks very good. attractive. Yeah. Whatever Michael Bay did to her for this movie, it 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 threw her up at least two or three points. I you think it was did. the nose ring. I think it was only the nose ring. I think he shang sung Mortal Kombat her soul right out of her after Transformers <laughs> 1. Your soul is mine. Well, this is all fine and well, but let's listen to those douchebag snob. Wait, Kev, patch you, what? you forgot a major part. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We're not done. What, what, go ahead. What, what, what I, for, I didn't forget anything, but go ahead. I'll let you. Did he gut? Ah, it's not until the end. You get me more. Not until the, the very end we go over that. We always do that right after the reviews. We do that. Well, you didn't get to the reviews yet. No, right after our reviews. Oh. But go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I like how you're telling me how to operate my show. I broke the show. I did it. Critics, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. Transformers gives you pretty much exactly what you want from a summer movie. It's big, it's loud, and boy, howdy, is it dumb. But it's unquestionably fun. Transformers is the best action movie I've seen since The Matrix. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, It is a teenage boy's wet dream. The girls are insanely hot, the lead is awkward slash funny, and the action sequences are top-notch, top-notch, top-notch. Caddyshack reference. When it's on, it, when it's on, God, I, I copy and paste. I don't edit for grammar. When it's on, it's fun, exciting, and epic. And when it's off, it's flat, unfunny, and painful. That was a five-star review, just saying. Wow, wow. Critics. Painful, painful. Not often seen in a five-star review. Critics. Not often word used. One-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> I challenge you to name another movie about an alien robot come to save the world while disguised as a yellow Camaro. Isn't it just an intergalactic Herbie the Love Bug? Oh. Come to think of it, I was pretty stupid when I was six years old. So is this film. (laughs) By By that report, I think he's insinuating that Transformers as a whole, including the cartoon, sucks. And wow. I say, let's get the pitchforks and tiki torches of this asshole's house post-haste. Punishingly boring. Next review. Sure. To be honest, it's easy to forgive a lot in this movie because the 12-year-old in me is absolutely in love with all the jaw-dropping transformations. It would have been more rewarding if the adult in me had something to enjoy as well. And a woman with a stick in her ass, not a movie. Just a gigantic commercial for Hasbro. You idiot. That's how these toys come about. Does she not understand capitalism? <laughs> oh, it's a cash grab. No shit. So is writing for your dopey <laughs> online article that no one fucking reads. Amazon, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Amazon, five-star reviews. I will admit that I was more than a little skeptical when I saw the early trailers for this movie. When I was a kid, I never saw the quote-unquote point of the Transformers toys. I figured that somebody was pretty desperate to try and make a movie out of the concept. Well, as has happened in my previous, well, as has happened previously in my life, I was wrong. With top-notch talents such as Michael Bay and Steven Spielberg. Oh, Jesus. 
pausing for effect, the Hasbro toy line is transformed, parentheses literally, onto the big screen quite nicely. And the plot is actually more, is much more gratifying than I would have expected. It's a well-done film and has a top-notch cast. Three times someone's dropped top-notch in a fucking review. For me, Megan Fox stole the show. She's certainly not hard on the eyes, but hard between the legs. Right, fellas? Huh? Huh? Waka, waka, waka. Not hard on the eyes and has an overwhelming, mysterious beauty. I swear, she is the spitting image of a young Jennifer Connelly, right down to her body gestures. Parentheses, I actually Googled her to see if she could be Jennifer's daughter, but they're not related. Megan has all the subtle acting skills down, and I look forward to seeing much more of her in future flicks. If people refer to your acting as subtle, that means you're not doing acting. (laughs) She does look like a young Jennifer Connelly. Now, if only that they would both recreate the scene in Requiem for a Dream with the ass ass to ass dildo scene. Well, that was hot. Graphics (laughs) and storyline, what is it to like there? Sure as heck beats the cartoons I grew up. Whoa. Forgot a preposition. Kids loved it and remained engrossed throughout the entire movie. My only complaint would be, why is there a need for sexualization in every movie these days? Other than if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen this, I definitely recommend it. (laughs) My son loved it, but I am not impressed with Amazon's 48 hours to finish watching. Ended up having to rent it twice because, you know, life happens and you can't get back to a movie that quick. I'll probably rent from somewhere else next time. You know, blockbuster. If you can't watch a, a two-hour movie in forty-eight hours, dude, that's on you. That's a learning disability. That's not a yeah. time problem. My and my favorite Amazon five-star review. My son wanted to watch this, so I bought it for him. <laughs> Five stars. I wanted hot water, so I turned on the faucet. You can't say they're wrong about it. No, I cannot. Amazon. One-star reviews. Amazon. One-star reviews. It's time for Amazon. One-star reviews. Amazon. One-star reviews. Yes, it was a great cartoon, and now it's a terrible action movie. This movie sucks. It's not put together well. The characters are shallow, and the plotline struggles to maintain cohesion. And then... All of a sudden, it ends. That's not true. I guess they ran out of money. That's not true. Rent it. (laughs) Don't buy it. It just doesn't end all of a sudden. It's a long process for this ending to happen. This is like a a mass in Latin. It doesn't end for a while, and it's not abruptly. (laughs) Next one. Mr. LaBeouf makes for painful viewing. Sign, the reviewer for the New York Times. (laughs) This had to be one of the worst movies I have ever watched. Bad acting, stupid story, no continuity in the storyline, and gratuitous action and violence. This director should be horse-whipped, W-I-P-P-E-D. He take a look at the Spider-Man trilogy and learn how to make an action movie with an interesting story and superb acting. P.S. They needed a dancing emo scene to make this better. Signed, Tobey Maguire. Oh, well, he's got a lot of strong opinions. That makes made sense. That up. Had, no, <laughs> had no clue you could have such inane bathroom humor kids show. How old do you have to be for that to be true in your own world? 
if you plan on watching the original trilogy before you see the 2014 Transformers, I guess they fast forwarded, save yourself some time and just walk out into traffic. You will see the same movie one out of ten the time. <laughs> what do they mean the original trilogy? The, the movie Probably, just continued. Maybe it's not the like there was three and they ended and then they... Anyway. <laughs> and my favorite one. This isn't what I expected. Too much robot violence. They should have... <laughs> they should have... They should have made the robots talk with a little more feelings. Signed, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. <laughs> Still alive. Kevin Israel, now I'll ask you. Did Ray Sicanus gut the sacred cow? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I think he did. Um, this, this also, and I don't want to take anything away from you, Ray, this was a bit of an easy one. Uh, this is an incredibly flawed movie, like Kevin said, that for for guys like him and me, it just it just appeals to something that we that we're, that we're desperately holding on to. That said, if they ever make an actual like a better Transformers movie that feels like what the first five to ten minutes of Bumblebee felt like, I will forget about this in a hot minute. Um, but for now, this is the best that we got. Uh, he Michael Bay did enough in the right spots to to pull on my heartstrings, but you uh, you threw this one an ass whooping, and it's hard to come back from this. So uh, so I'm going to give you the uh, the gutting belt in my mind. I agree. He gave the Robert De Niro treatment from Untouchables, where Al Capone banged him on the back of the head at the lunch <laughs> when he found out there was a rat. <laughs> this film, I get it. It's it's got flaws, and I can separate nostalgia most of the time. Kevin is exactly right. A it hit enough notes for us, commonalities, where I go, you know what? They got some of it right, but they missed a lot of key parts where they should. There are easy finger roll layups that they fucking pissed all over. And B, if they do a reboot, which I think this could be a reboot, and do it right, if they do the first ten minutes of Bumblebee for an hour for an one hundred and twenty minutes, I will be there with Kevin Israel, I'm sure, at twelve oh one a.m. The night it fucking opens with my with two of my buddies from home and my brother. Well, all five of us will have a nice few beers beforehand and go in, and we were going to love the shit out of that for two hours prior to. It's okay. I agree. Ray did an absolutely fantastic job gutting this puppy. I'll still enjoy it to a degree, but it ain't good. Give me the cartoon vert. Give all of us the cartoon mm-hmm. movie ten times out of ten. Crazy Canis, you've been a you've been a jewel, a gem, a scholar, and a gentleman. Where can we find you yet again? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Almighty Ray. That's where I do most of my social media ing. Uh, so if you'd like to talk about pop culture uh, uh, or the Detroit Lions football team, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, I'm happy to go as hard at that as I did at the movie Transformers today. I have a couple of podcasts you can also check me out on. Uh, most notably, you can sign behind me, Who Would Win? It's the Who Would Win show. You can find it on uh, everywhere that you podcast. Myself and James Gadsey, who did appear uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode of this particular show. Him and myself, we uh, have a three-point Lincoln-Douglas-style debate <laughs> where we, uh, we discuss with counterpoints and uh, rebuttals. Uh, which superhero or which character from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, movies, uh, video games uh, would win in a fictional fight against each other. So this is where, you know, we have the most recent, uh, did some of the classics. We did RoboCop versus Terminator. We've done, you know, uh, Green Arrow versus Hawkeye, um, Thanos versus Goku. We, we, we hit, we hit all of the big ones we could. 
uh, uh, Kevin, you yourself were on the show as a judge mm-hmm. not particularly long ago. We did Wonder Woman versus Deadpool in one of what I consider one of the best episodes of the show we've ever done. Aww. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here, but I'm probably saying that because I'm here. So <laughs> you can also find me out on my other show if you like old cartoons. I know you guys are big Transformers fans. I do a yeah. show called Knowing is Half the Podcast, also available wherever you do your uh, do your podcasting. And that's where we watch. We started off just watching episodes of the original G.I. Joe and watching through all the classic Sunbow, all of the old miniseries, uh, all of the, the G.I. Joe, the movie. And now we're working our way through the Deke era of 90s G.I. Joe, which is terrible. But we also watch a lot of other cartoons from the 80s and 90s. 90s and have a lot of great throwbacks to that we've watched transformers we've watched x-men uh batman the animated series but we really like to also watch the rubik's the amazing cubes of the world or jason the world warriors or or the mr t one where he's got the the vampire oh, gym i watched that crimes. yep i watched that nbc love kevin israel where can we find you uh kevin israel.com stand-up comedy is slowly eking back each month, uh, I'm having a few shows, so you can check out my website. Check me out on uh, at Kevin Israel underscore NJ on Twitter and Kevin Israel Comedy on Instagram. Guttingthesacredcow.com, as you've heard us say several times, merch, blogs, postings every day. That's right. Kevin's flashing the shirt. Monday through Friday, new articles. We have a brand new website up, a new design. Yay, us. Throw us some money in the tip jar. Help us keep the lights on, as the kids say in the biz. KevinGoatee.com. Go there for my NFL picks, three and two, opening weekend, week one. I don't know when this is going to air, but nonetheless, starting off the season so far, so good, making some money for you guys. And movie reviews, I saw Tenant. Guess what? It sucked. Read why. <laughs> KevinGoatee.com. And, of course, like I said, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give that a looky-loo. If you have not yet done so, a five-star rating, two-sentence review on any podcast platform you are on would just be the bee's knees. Race to Canis, you have been, again, amazing and a blast. We love having you on. Thank you so much for joining and gutting the sacred cow. Kevin Israel and I, thank you. And everybody else, we'll see you next time. Take care. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.